I hate thinking that like someone thinks I got something the easy way. Everything I get, I do have to earn it. And I think that's kind of where that worker bee mentality comes from. Like you cannot come at me saying like, you're not good enough or you didn't accomplish blank because I was busy the whole time. I gave my day like hardest. I worked the hardest here. I showed up the earliest. I left the latest. Mm -hmm. So it covers all of my potential holes of like criticism. If I already know my faults, you can't hurt me with that. Like I already Uh know, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's not as painful if somebody's like, you know, you were lazy today. Well, yeah, bitch, I know I was lazy today. And I guess for a long time, I thought it was something to do with control, but I don't think it is. I think it's like a, like you said, like a safety net. Like it it hurts less if I already am aware. The Big Hormone Enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovic, uh, sexual self-pres over the five wing, four, five, eight, trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-pres sexual nine with one, nine, seven, four, trifix. What up, it's Emika, I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self-pres with eight, five, four, fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy, I am a self-pres social three, wing four, with a three, six, nine, trifix. If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe us on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. So uh, Marina, Beth, and David are all from Texas. Oh, we really? are? Joe yeah. Oh, I wish that um, you guys could see me on video because I wear a Texas chain. <laughs> Whoa. That's a real Texan right Yes. There. Yes, yes, yes. Texans are really yeah. proud of Texas. We're sure. just, the, yeah, the shape of the state special. This is way too much Texas for one podcast. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, uh, what is that? Oh uh, is that a uh, good, bad, the ugly, like, <laughs> that's what <laughs> the Getty Western shit. Oh my God. Um, welcome to Big Hormone Enneagram. Today we're going to look at two sexual sixes. Um, we've been doing an interview series where we're trying to get into the heart and soul of the different types. And Basically, every single type on the Enneagram, there's all these really bad stereotypes and shorthands about that really uh, miss a lot of the real stuff of the types. And so we've already had uh, our friend Dear Farah on uh, previous calls, who is a sexually blind sex, but we want to get some of the sexual sex flavor and um, bust a lot of the stereotypes of way sexual sexes are often talked about, which is like uh, in terms of counterphobic, which is something that we'll describe and um, being kind of like like eights, but like anxious eights or something. Like there's a lot of really bad stereotypes. And so before we get into that, I want to say a little bit about just six in general, because even though there are, I think are a lot of sixes out in the world in the wild, six is still not really well defined and well described. It's usually described as uh, like a very loyal person. And or aggressive. Person. Or aggressive, but not not a lot of, of the real stuff. So six is the head type. And I think that the core of six is a real search and devotion to the truth to try to find what's true and like the their neighbor the five which has that really focused mental attention the six has a more broad uh holistic attentiveness to all that's happening around them you know they're just very they're paying a lot of attention they're very curious Mm -hmm. they're very awake mentally and therefore they see a lot of stuff that other people don't see uh this allows them to have like a really uh, a gift for foresight and practical intuition 
um, but it also means that they usually see contradictions. They see where things fall apart. So they're good at uh, being a support for things or taking care of things where things might go wrong, or they tend to be pretty funny where uh, they see contradictions, they see where things are absurd. Um, and so being truthful, being real is very important to six, but what ends up happening, they're searching for what's real and true, uh, but they start to do it too conceptually, too much to the mind, and they end up arguing with themselves about what's re- real and true, doubting, overthinking, going back and forth and going to extremes. So there's, you can kind of say whatever you could say about a six. Uh, you could also say the opposite is true. So they can be brave and fearful. They can be funny and very serious. They can be very devoted and very fickle all at the same time. And they have um, a polarity between trusting in something and rebelling against it. So welcome, uh, Beth and Marina, if you would please introduce yourselves. Um, I'm Marina. I am from Austin, Texas, but I am currently speaking to you from um, Brooklyn, New York. And John told me once almost three years ago that I was a sexual sick. So I've, I believe him. <laughs> I've been lying this whole time. <laughs> you want to tell people what you do and where they can find you? Uh, yeah, I, um, work in film and media production. I like working on music videos and commercials, but I'm not doing very much of that right now. (laughs) Um, so if you really want to meet me, I don't know why you would, but I have one to go shift at a bar here in New York called Featherweight. (laughs) Um, that's it. You could just come there because, um, my Instagram is pretty shitty and pretty sleepy right now. and um yeah most of my work is on hold uh yeah i'm beth and i'm a sexual social six wing seven trifix two six two nine i work for a cosmetology school so i don't think anybody would want to come there and get a haircut (laughs) you never know (laughs) i don't know some high stakes gamblers might be coming your way we actually might have some of those clientele you said it was it's a school that you teach at or you yeah manage? yeah i just um run the salon and you know inventory and things like that it seems really in my wheelhouse as boring as that sounds what's funny is i'm a producer so i like manage all of our gear and like our logistics and i guess bethany and i have like a few things in common um we like my concept of like large picture is pretty spot on and i can like mm-hmm. um, look down the line at seeing like what we need and like what needs to happen and like what um what pieces need to fall together and i actually thought they were very different bar work and film work but they're actually very similar um as far as management so mm-hmm. yeah that's something i noticed with a lot of sixes is um they have the ability to manage a lot of difficult projects just you know keep like crossing your t's and dotting your i's that sort of a thing like sixes are really good at not letting things fall through the cracks my two closest friends my best friend is a six and uh one of them she's a self-pressed six and she just she manages software projects and she's just very detail oriented so i'm interested to hear about how that comes together with the sexual drive because i think a lot of the stereotypes around six um people imagine a very responsible or safety oriented type of person right right and so you guys are speaking to still having some ability to manage a lot of details, but um, I'm interested to see how that comes together with the creativity and looseness of the sexual instinct for y'all, like your attraction drive. Um, do you guys have any insight to, well, into that? 
and I want to I want to explain to whoever all three listeners that we have uh, before we get into it of uh, you know some of the stereotypes about sexual sex. Yeah, that's big too. That might be useful, especially for Bethany and Marina to respond. As I said before, there's this concept within the Enneagram world called counterphobia that I don't think it's totally unuseful, but generally speaking, it's this idea that sixes deal with a lot of anxiety. And there's two basic approaches to dealing with anxiety. There's what they call phobia, and there's what they call counterphobia. And phobia is like I avoid or somehow try to get away from or manage uh, the thing that makes me anxious. Whereas counterphobia is like going right up to the thing that makes me anxious and trying to deal with it in some way. And so, generally speaking, based on Naranjo's instincts, blah blah blah, from a long time ago, uh, people generally call sexual six the counterphobic flavor of six. And I think all sixes can be phobic and counterphobic. And I actually think that distinction is not particularly useful. Um, yep. And it also negates that the, the sexuality aspect of sexual six. A lot of times the sexual six is stereotyped as being kind of like a hyper-reactive eight, like an eight that wants to fight all the time. You know, often uh, what's also not seen or, or, or not understood generally is that, um, you know, sixes that are sexual sixes are still sixes. And Emic yeah. is speaking to the sexual drive as we define it here in, in this podcast or whatever <laughs> is not intimacy one on one as is normally out there because of, again, Naranjo bullshit. But, you know, is, is it the drive to put oneself ahead of the sex, of sexual competition? And so that means, you know, displaying my energy and getting out there in some ways, having what we call attraction hooks, things that entice people, get people interested. And sometimes it can be hard to imagine a sexual sex because, the, you know, the stereotype is that sixes are anxious and, and, and a little uh, shy or fearful about putting themselves out there. So I was wondering, Bethany or Marina, uh, if, if there's anything in there that you wanted to speak to about that. Um, for me, I think that I'm most disconnected from an eight out of all the numbers in the Enneagram. So that was confusing for me to hear a lot of the things about them saying that it's like, you know, counterphobia, like an eight, um, maybe when I was younger, but as I've gotten older, it's, you know, much, I don't know how Marina feels, but I don't feel like I admire eights. I wish I had more of that, but I think I have more of an interconnectedness vibe about myself. So I kind of really think about everything I do and how it affects other people, you know? So. Yeah. I think I like really toe the line between that, like overthinking capability of a six, but I'm pretty feisty. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that a lot of times people that have known me for a very long time say like, she really wouldn't hurt a fly. She like has like a pretty like gentle way about her, but I just don't really take any shit. So I really have never thought of myself as an aggressive but I don't necessarily shy away from conflict and that really to me feels very contradictory and like that's something that I struggle with a lot but I'm always like weighing the outcome of every decision that I make um but I do tend towards head-on what do you mean uh, the Hmm. conflict you know like there is a lot of conflict in the decisions that I make like I I don't think I make my decisions very effectively um but I don't like bury my head in the sand Really. scared but you're confronting yes exactly yeah like you don't read as scared right but like i'm you know shaking like i have seen marina have to like uh confront people drunk idiots at her bar and uh you know clap back at people that give her lip and stuff like that and you know marina doesn't register visibly at all with anxiety yeah um 
uh, I, I see it more in your, your close relationships, Marina, but like in generally speaking, when I've seen you have to be confrontational, things like that, uh, it's, it's not easy to register. And so I was wondering, you know, if you could speak more to, you talked about the anxieties that you have or the fears when you're confronting something. Can you say more about that? Well, I don't feel like I am a point of authority on very much. Like I feel small in this world. So to, in order to like step on, up on a platform and like assert myself, it takes a great leap of faith for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think is actually easier for me to do when I'm confronted because there it's very black and white. Like I was wronged. And so I'm going to like stand up for myself where it's much harder for me is where, when it's an emotional situation, um, be it like me trying to go for something work related or go for something emotional. Like I really like this person. I'd like to spend more time with them. Um, in general, that type of, um, dealing with things is harder for me than when I know, uh, concretely that like the decision that I'm making is correct. I like to be on the right side of history when there is, um, some question of whether or not I deserve something. It's much, much harder for me to take what theoretically could be for mine. Um, and so I have a tendency to like really shy away from things that are risky, uh, for myself. If John was like, hey, Marina, I really need this. And so I need you to show up at 6 p.m. Um, with a crowbar and a ski mask and bury this thing with me. I would be there in a heartbeat and I would never think twice and I would feel so good about it. Marina, um, this is a public podcast. Don't share uh, our personal <laughs> murders. But, but I would like almost never ask John to like <laughs> to do the same for me because that would that just is be true. A, a little heart for me. I've noticed that. I've noticed that you have a hard time asking for stuff. Yes. It seems like there's a dichotomy between certainty and uncertainty for sixes, like not being anxious and not being sure about something. How have you you seen the tension between those two things, certainty versus uncertainty? Is it a thing where um, you guys go push out there with a lot of certainty or you're just really anxious? Like, how do you see that dichotomy playing out for you? Day to day, I'm pretty risk takey. Mm-hmm. That's like with things that have little cons, well, not little consequence. Like I don't, I'm not very scared of things. Like right, right now I left very safe Texas to come back here because I thought there was going to be more work here and my life was here, but like broader things like my career and like, you know, perf- I'm like pretty perfection driven uh, with work stuff and my relationship definitely. Um, and my relationship with my parents. I think it's important to understand that I'm an only child. So (laughs) (laughs) I really like um, doing things on my own because I feel like I'm going to muck everything up for everyone else. Um, I feel like that too. Like if it's just a consequence for myself, I don't care. But if it involves other people, then there's the stakes are a lot higher. That's exactly right. Like I will dive from the highest diving board, but like I retype my text messages to the boyfriend that I've had for almost four years all the time. <laughs> yeah. Granted, he is fussy about his text messages. Yes, yes. But, <laughs> you know, he, so is in it my that, opinion, he deserves the best. And I don't know <laughs> if I'm quite that. <laughs> so is it that your anxiety shows up more in certain areas? Like, um, does it show up more in the traction? Or where does your anxiety show up? Yeah, I think it's things that are very important to me is where, when I get anxious, but like also like larger scale, like heavy things I freak out about, but like tiny things, like 
how messy my room is. Well, like my room's not messy, but you know, money, I can kind of like coast. Um, but like what I'm going to do to satisfy my soul for the rest of my life, I'm kind of anxious about all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll miss train stops because I'm thinking about whether or not I was kind enough to the people on the train. But I can, <laughs> I can like not have clean clothes for like two weeks. <laughs> this is crazy. I relate to that so much. <laughs> yeah. I've cut people off in traffic and lost, lost sleep over it. Right. I mean, um, yeah. There's a responsibility to the collective in some way or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even when I was younger, before I had kids, you know, I just up and left in my car and lived in my car and stole from Walmart to eat and didn't think anything of it, but still lose sleep over cutting someone off in traffic. It's just bizarre. Yeah, totally. I like have done things that are super rash, but I've always had really solid relationships with my parents, for instance. You know what I mean? Like Mm. I've had, I've Mm. had the same, like one or two friends that I've had for 18 years but was late to their wedding. (laughs) Um, You know, like I, there are things that are so important to me that I value and those consume me with anxiety, but I don't take immaculate care of like my personal goals and stuff like that. Hmm. Just, just so we're clear, uh, this is a pro stealing from Walmart podcast. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I Um. I went to the university of Missouri and there are so many Walmarts there. So they kind of like indoctrinate you to like steal from them because they're the man and like there's no better way to get back at you know yeah they deserve it they do deserve it they don't pay their employees it's fucked up if you're not shopping you're not living right (laughs) that's right you gotta step up a level and start stealing from amazon no no, yeah yeah yeah, that's the next metal gear prime but uh i'm from texas so where i learned to shoplift was nordstrom Let's just be clear. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering, being being a six and having this insecurity, but also being sexual types, uh, you know, there's this need for the sexual instinct to get out there and to, sh- just, you know, show yourself off in some ways or to get the attention of people that you're attracted to. How does uncertainty or certainty show up when you're really into somebody? Like you doubt that you're into somebody or it's like all hands on deck. And then like, how do you like capture somebody? For me, I I don't have a lot of anxiety around hooking someone. I've I guess maybe it for me it's it's long term. Like after, then there's a lot of questioning. Like, are you into me as much as I'm into you? Um, did I just do something or say something that ruined it all? A lot of neurosis around how I'm presenting myself. But during it's weird because at the beginning of it, there is no anxiety. It's just like I can be very fierce in that way. It's after when my mind catches up, then that when there's actually stakes involved, you know, That's like, interesting. that is interesting. A lot of times I see, especially with some sexual sixes or sixes in general, that they can really get out there and be bold initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's the contradiction of later on feeling like, oh, I don't know about I don't trust anything. I don't know if anything that I just did is going to still be there. And so there's a lot of checking and even like letting go of everything that they were bold about. Um, so there's this yeah. sort of back and forth thing that happens. But sixes can come off really, really bold a lot of times, it seems like. Yeah, I think I come off really bold, but I don't <laughs> I don't take that home with me. I'll like go on a date and be like great on a date and I go home and I'm like, what 
what just happened? <laughs> that, that was the worst. I couldn't have done it more poorly. I'm never going to talk to that person again. <laughs> so when you're getting high off the attraction, chemistry, whatever, like what is different there versus when you're thinking about it? I just think it's like such a get for me. It's just like, there's like a little performance mechanism that clicks on like when you are in um, a hot seat. And I think that that is probably more so like my sexual drive as from from like what I understand um, from this than maybe like my six. Uh, Like one-on-one to me seems like a a show like that's on fire. And like you really, like it it has like a beginning, a middle and an end and like you're doing it and you're either doing it well or you're losing at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like when I step away from that and I have to like reconcile my feelings about what just happened or like what's going to happen down the line, it just is like doom and gloom for me. Yeah. It's, it's like the mind takes over and then starts analyzing everything. Like the drug is gone. So now you're left with yourself. Well, part of the sixth thing is being disconnected generally from the instinctual self. So when you're in the hot seat on a date, you know, then you're kind of more purely instinct right in the sexual drive so you're not mm-hmm. in that thinking head chatter analysis place right you're just going does that yeah. make sense yeah that makes a lot of sense and it, it for me when I'm on set like at, at work like it's like that too you know the six hours before I get to work when we're doing like prep stuff I'm so scared I'm sweating through my shirt but when I'm on set there's just like I feel like there's nothing I can do couldn't do excuse me and then afterwards, I'm like convinced that they're not going to pay me because they hated me. So, <laughs> so uh, it sounds like, I mean, is there a way that you guys put yourself in the hot seat, so to speak, like intentionally, because it seems like it's not plagued by all that doubt? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because, I mean, that could be like how, what people are picking up on when they're labeling it counterphobic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. There's a certain clarifying quality, it sounds like, when you're in the midst of something. Is that all right. true? Mm-hmm. I feel like I noticed that not just with sexual sixes, but just sixes across the board, that there are yeah. a lot of these high pressure situations that sixes run towards because you don't you don't have time to think when you're on the red line. Um, and I notice a lot of comedians, comedians are mostly sixes and they're terrified of getting on stage, but they get on stage and and it's like there's no time to think. You can just, you know, come to life and be on. But yeah. then you they get off stage and you think, oh, this person's so cool and so funny. And then you start talking to them and it's just like really, this really anxious, uh, self-conscious person, you know? And so it, it seems like the moment and being on is like a, a removal of any doubt for a six and they can be bold and they can step into something larger than themselves. Yeah, I really identify. I think a lot of uh, emergency medical people and firemen stuff are sixes. Military. And it's because, and military, oh, yeah, it's because military. of that. It's because of that. It's like here, right there is a clear and present danger. I can see it and it's intense as fuck. And so I know, and I can, and I'm just going, right? I just, Uh right? As opposed, there's no, you can't do a bunch of analysis, head chatter in that situation. Yeah. It's almost like the sixes release, like it's their one time to just breathe, which is opposite of what one might think. So is it that you guys create these situations? Or you, you're attracted to these situations that are kind of like, you know, high pressure because in that moment you don't, it kind of like the mind turns off or is it just so you wait for it to come whenever it comes? I don't think I make high stress situations for me because in anticipation of them, it does stress me out so much I would like to avoid them, but they are very attractive to me. Like, 
Oh. You know? mm-hmm. I any job I've ever had has been like pretty crunch time, but yeah. I don't have like a lot of drama in my life. I was gonna say you say you don't like those types of situations, but your job is that situation all the time. Yeah, it is. It like all the time, all of them, even like the ones I don't like. Like, yeah, and like, like a New York City bar is not like a no, other city yeah. bar. <laughs> and <laughs> Featherweight is its own world too. Like it's like this dark makeout bar with like a lot of dark, you know, it's very dark and densely packed and a lot of idiots. And uh, <laughs> Marina is like, you know, not a tall person. And so, you know, her having to command a lot of people and like, I, I don't know if I've seen you throw anybody out, Marina, but uh, I've definitely seen you put people in their place. Uh, I usually don't do that. I don't like to like get that close to potential violence or whatever. I also don't really like like belittling people to me is like a little f- further than my comfort zone. So I'm the only girl at Featherweight. Uh, so I always work with men and usually men are better at kicking people out of the bar but I am usually the person that decides like this person has been overserved. this person shouldn't be here but more than that I'm really good at noticing when someone is making other people uncomfortable yeah that's true I've yeah, yeah uh, sure. and I try to protect the people around me um but also on set I'm like that you know like I'm I'm a little bit more like this blank isn't working because it's it's like causing a lot of problems for someone else like we need to stop it but I'm not the one that's like, hey, we shouldn't do this anymore. I'm like, hey, you know, John, I don't think we should do this anymore. Can you help me execute us not doing this anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just the high pressure situations and being attracted to them. is Bethany, is that something that's uh, there in your salon work? Is that a high pressure job? Yeah, actually, um, we have about 250 students at a time. And then, of course, a lot of guests. A lot of our clientele that come in are uh, picky bitches. So there's a lot of, a lot of conflict going on. A lot. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, honestly, I love it. Like as soon as there's there's a lot of fist fighting between students, I'm oh the one gosh. that'll jump in. If I have to think about it before, I'm like, Texas. oh, no, I'd never do that. But at the school, it's like I'm looking for it. You know, it, it's such a strange feeling to have that. Like when you're in the zone, that's who you are. But then if I'm sitting here at home, I'm like, I can't believe I did that today. You know, oh, no. that's really interesting to me. Um, I know Naranjo tried to call the sort of six dichotomy strength and beauty, but I mean, I don't think that's accurate, but I don't know. I what, never related to that. Yeah. Yes. I don't know what to call this, but there's something there about, you know, the sixth thing of just being on whenever shit's on the line. It's like, boom, I'm there <laughs> and I'm not like, I've overcome my fear. I don't have time to think about it. So I can be really, really bold. Do either of you um, spend a lot of time like worrying about what if that kind of stuff happens or is it only in the after effect where you're like, oh my God, why did I do that? Or I shouldn't have done that or et cetera. I don't know. Um, I think I, bo- both. Mm-hmm. I, I like run things through my head beforehand in an unhealthy way. I asked John to get on the phone with me before this call because I was like, I'm going to screw this up. <laughs> um can you t- like tell me what it is that you need from me so i can hit your marks this is definitely um, the uh last podcast episode we're ever doing because yes. marina has just dragged it through the mud <laughs> yeah. um yeah. ruined our podcast terrible <laughs> but having said that 
I think the logical thing would have been to listen to an episode to like get a little bit of reference. And I didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Threw yourself into the fire, didn't you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Look at me. So six. Yeah. So anyway, I find this very interesting because as as Emeka is speaking to uh, one of the like, again, background of the Enneagram and the development of these instincts and blah, 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 is that um, Naranjo learned the Enneagram from Oscar Chaza, who's the man who really synthesized the modern Enneagram. Like the Enneagram personality is, is really a Chazo's contribution. And then Naranjo was a psychologist and he used different personality disorders uh, as a way of trying to ground the Enneagram that was Chazo's very mystical kind of system into some some practical psychology. And in some ways, he had a lot of really great insights and innovations. And in other ways, he really missed the mark. And one of the weird phenomenon in the Enneagram world is that like people just want to keep holding on to Naranjo's interpretations of things. And so they will justify or explain or try to make things fit into the concept rather than adjusting the concept to fit real people. So strength and beauty were two words that Naranjo used and people have subsequently tried to interpret it in various ways of, you know, maybe this is what he meant or blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but one of the features of sexual six that Naranjo was describing in that term was he was saying that male sexual sixes and female sexual sixes will either emphasize strength or beauty. So usually males will emphasize this appearance of strength and being very vital, like badass sexual dude. And women will be like play up their femininity and their beauty and, and even sort of like a, like a kind of like a helpless quality sometimes, but at the same, what'd you say, David? Do you know that word coquette? Yeah. Coquette. coquette. Yeah. 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 But on the, on the, and conversely though, like these, these sort of macho sexual six men will display what you call quote unquote feminine traits sometimes of like hypersensitivity or what did you like this about me kind of thing. Uh, And female sexual sixes will be this sort of, over a feminine character and then have this sort of ta- take charge masculine character. So there's sort of sliding between poles. And so uh, in terms of like the way that you present yourself physically in terms of your appearance or the way that you try to attract, d- does any of that resonate or does it feel like it's just sort of off the mark? For me, some of it resonates. All, um, it's always been very important to me to be extremely feminine. And I've had some inner issues with like, do I appear masculine? You know, I played sports in high school. Does, you know, lots of chatter about that but honestly as I've gotten older I don't know I find that I've you know cut my hair and I had a fade for a while like a guy I I don't know if I was challenging myself to grow some within that but I don't I really don't feel like on the regular basis like I know um Marilyn Monroe is an example that they've used for the beauty of the sexual six and I don't really feel like I need to be that way I I don't know if I'm making sense here but it doesn't yeah, yeah you so it's not a you're, you're speaking to that that there's there is though a, a lifelong um there's energy around that polarity is what you're saying right yeah for sure like um for me one thing that i found interesting is challenging that like challenging people's idea of femininity you know mm. can you give an example um well with my hair i mm. several years ago i decided um i guess forgive me for being a nerd, but Miley Cyrus shaved her head and I'm like, I'm fucking doing it too. Okay. So I did it. And then I expected in my head that when I went out, people were all of a sudden going to think, Oh, she's a manly woman. And it, it really had the opposite effect. A lot more people approached me. Um, it, it made me feel good because then it, it really did quiet a lot of that thought in my head that I had to fit a certain image 
Yeah, it seems like sexual sixes, in terms of sexual display, I've noticed sexual sixes can really push it. And even at the time, back in the day when Marilyn Monroe was becoming famous, that was really controversial. Her whole display was a lot for that time. And so I feel like in terms of all the type, the sexual types that are, in terms of how loud they can get, that boldness of six to test those boundaries and to be edgy, I think sexual six are just some of those have some of the wildest displays that I've seen. But at the same time, it's more interesting for me to, to see what sexual sixes or any sexual type is like in just like a normal person who's not like a fucking musician who has like a crazy display, but just someone who goes to, to a job every single day and has to, <laughs> you know, be a responsible adult in some fashion. So it's really interesting to see how that shit shows up for you guys. Um, I like don't think I push my shock value very much, but um, I'm like very petite and pretty feminine looking already like out of the womb. So I have like big black tattoos and I don't really wear a lot of makeup. And when I do, John, if you remember that, I always ask you guys if I look more masculine when I have a lot of makeup on because yeah, it's is, like kind of funny for me. I, I don't like wear it well or I feel like I don't. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I'm like funny like that. I uh, don't have like the bandwidth to put a lot of energy into how I look, but I like to look good. So Marina's very pretty, but like she, uh, you know, she'll put on makeup and be like, oh, am I, am I doing this right? But it's like, you know, yeah, dev- yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, and so there's, there's that sixth thing of like... Um, Questioning everything. It's not just questioning, but it, it, sometimes my read uh, from Marina and other sixes is just like, like there's a little bit of feeling silly about playing a role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like the role, like I know that I'm playing it in some way. And like, the, you know, we all play roles. It's not just sixing, but just like to say that like, oh, I, I there's, there's almost like a, a reluctance or a fighting with the role I'm playing. And so there's like, David, you've often spoken to the... Um, Thing that sixes have where it's like they got to kind of hat tip to the fact that they know that they're playing a role and it's not really like no i know that i'm just you know not all, all in on this but you know like i'm not i'm not that big a deal or whatever it might be but there's sort of a acknowledgement of kind of like a sheepishness or something like that you know it's like yeah yeah, like yeah hardly I, fighting the line to three in a way it's like yeah. three is part of the core of six uh yeah so you're kind of wanting to say i don't really believe in this mask that i'm wearing or something can you yeah. say more, David, to like flesh that out? Let's see. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, to me, um, using the traditional lines of integration, disintegration, I generally think of those that whatever your disintegration line is or type in the old in the Riso Hudson schema uh, is kind of you've kind of got that whole package, so to speak, in you. Whereas the integration type, which would be nine in the case of six, uh, is kind of something you're less um you don't know as well right and you're kind of um so sixes have the whole three package and in some sense they're fighting against having that and that's in a way part of how the whole truth focus of six comes up is maybe having a sense of the fact that personality itself which is kind of what three represents you know in a more universal way is sort of the mask that is personality if you will and so six is kind of you know wanting to see what's underneath the mask in kind of most contexts right 
and on that same spectrum, like I kind of see six as between three and nine, you know, like they've got the lines to both and, you know, the nine part of the six is sort of like, I just want to be me. I just want to be myself. And then Mm -hmm. the three part is like, I know that I have to fulfill certain obligations. I have to play certain roles. I have to do these things to make sure I either get the credit or the acknowledgement or the security. I earn the approval or I earn the attraction, whatever it is. It's like sixes have this hard worker quality to them. And there's always this uh, vacillation between like the kind of nine in them that's like, I just want to be little old me. You know, it's like, there's a little (laughs) bit of like, you know, both nine and six have this sort of anti-narcissism clause where it's like, I'm just me, you know, like I'm not a big deal or whatever. And at the same time, I know if I want to get ahead or if I want what I want, I have to go do whatever, but there's, it's like a a kind of begrudgingness. And so I think in sexual six, it's like, uh, I know that I can be very attractive. I know that I can really get people's attention. I can play the role. I can excite them. And, you know, sexual sixes are very provocative. I can do all that. And I kind of fun doing that, but also there's a part of me that war with having to do that. Does that resonate, Marina and Beth? Yeah, for sure. So can you say more about like how that feels? Or how it's experienced. Um, well, let me see if I can translate what John said. <laughs> yeah, Emika is my translator. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I think what John's trying to speak to is that six or between six or uh, three and nine, and something that really stands out about sixes is the ethos of hard work that I have to, I have to earn it in a way. And so, as a sexual type, does that show up for you in feeling like I have to work hard and I have to be, I have to earn? being wanted in this way or is there some part of your display that you feel like i have to work hard to feel like i deserve it or to prove my attractiveness yeah or to prove that i'm a valuable partner or prove that i'm desirable oh yeah absolutely that's mm-hmm. like that's how i jump out of bed every day is like i have to be the one that like showed up at that time because i said i would and like that makes me reliable right so like i hit mm-hmm. that mark um, when there's a fight between me and someone that I'm intimate with, it is usually boils down to like, well, it's cause I'm not fundamentally, I'm not good enough. And you're making up for the fact that I'm not good enough by like extending uh, yourself a little bit further to like make exceptions for me. And this is an example of like where that exception wasn't made. And that's why we're having a fight. But then also sometimes I feel very much like I deserve things that I don't get, you know? Um, because I do try really hard and I am reliable and I am smart and independent, but I need everyone to know that I'm independent. I hate thinking that like someone thinks I got something the easy way. That's interesting. That is uh, a very, yeah. that's a very cool point. I, I want to, I'm going to get back to it, but I want uh, Beth to answer. Yeah, I know that, um, it is very important for me to feel reliable as well. Um, I feel like that when I'm interested in someone or something like that, I kind of have to figure out how I can serve them to get them to stay. There's a lot of feeling of like unworthiness, mm. you know, and I, like she said, I got to go on that for a minute because it's in my head, but I feel like that, you know, everything I get, I do have to earn it. And uh-huh. even I was having a discussion with a coworker today about how the students that come from wealthy families, it's kind of like, you've already got everything, you know, I'm going to go for the underdog because they're the ones that need the support and will appreciate the things I'm going to give them, you know? Yeah. That's a very, um, that's a very clear distinction for six for me in terms of the the six mindset. And just to see that coming from a sexual six perspective is really interesting to me. There's a lot of mistyping 
as you guys know, at a type four, especially sixes, because there's some overlap between six and four in terms of reactivity and, and drama. And one distinction that I feel like is important is I don't think fours have the same ethos of having to earn and to work hard. Like I, I can't just, there's almost like a, a little bit of a, like that prince quality of I deserve it. Um, whereas sixes feel like mm-hmm. you have to work hard. You cannot just be handed anything. You have to earn it. And so I'm, I'm curious about that, John, if you can speak to how do you, how does this perspective hit you as a four? this having to work hard for shit yeah i it's interesting because i feel like uh as a sexual four like there's a certain kind of hard work that's gone into uh trying to be like an interesting character you know like i know a lot of things and then i'm artistic and then i've like uh you know i'm i'm fit and all this kind of stuff so like here's all these different facets of, of and i can dance well all these like facets of the package that I represent, but it's, it's like, I earn, I did something, but it's not like I, I'm earning something. And as you're speaking to you, Emika, there is a little bit more of like, like, and I've joked about this in the podcast before, but like your gift is me, you know, it's like, <laughs> like, <laughs> the of the four. It's like, but I'm this unique, special thing. Right. And like, I'm in your life. Cause it's, you know, like just being there is like, I'm not with anybody else, you know, like yeah. I don't spend time with anybody. So yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, and, and Marina is dating a social four. Uh-huh. So I don't know, Marina, if, if that difference of needing to earn it versus that, like, I'm the gift thing shows up for you. Oh, no, I I'm with a star (laughs) and I know it, you know, Um, that's hilarious. I, yeah. And like, Brandon will have really bad days and I'm just like, whoa, look at you shine. I'm so lucky. Um, um, But then when he's like giving me a hard time, I'm like, do you know how fucking lucky you are? It's there. But um, no, I, I, you know, first learned some components of being a six when Alaria, John's wife, was helping me um, understand myself in regard to my partner, who's a four. And when I'm highly reactive with Brant is when I'm feeling most insecure about myself. Mm. Um, And when he is highly reactive with me is when he's feeling most like he has to provide like constant like gratification, like, like, you know, like you're doing this right. I like you. You know what I mean? Like, I think to him, some of those things are very understood. And for me, they're not. So yeah. Like I, the validation. The validation. Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's honestly like one of the only things that we like feud about. We don't really very much, we've been together for a long time. So we don't like, really have a lot of miscommunication, but when my feelings are hurt, it's usually feeling not valued or good enough. Uh, and I don't think that's ever been a insecurity Brant has had ever. <laughs> <laughs> what what insecurities does he have? Exactly. Because <laughs> um, that, yeah, I I hope he doesn't listen to this, but I'm sure you guys understand. Like, that's just not a secu- like a way I approach the world. Right. That like they're gonna love me is not not something I've ever felt. Uh-huh. So but usually they do. So I don't know why I haven't learned that lesson. <laughs> that that almost uh with sixes they have that kind of anti-narcissistic quality that was brought up earlier where they almost put them it almost it feels to me like they almost put themselves down uh purposefully because they feel like it's the right thing to do 
Yeah. 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 It almost feels like it's a safety net for them. Like, hey, if I'm down here, at least no one can put me down further. That's right. Taking control of it. And I think that's kind of where that worker bee mentality comes from. Like, you cannot come at me saying, like, you're not good enough or you didn't accomplish blank because I was busy the whole time. I gave my day, like, hardest. I worked the hardest here. I showed up the earliest. I left the latest. Mm -hmm. So it covers all of my potential holes of, like, criticism. Yeah, and, and, I mean, you do that uh, in, like, not just for other people, but you do that for yourself, too. Like, it seems like your athletic working out thing is like sort of in that same zone right yeah well I just think I'm kind of nervous I'm like a nervous person and so <laughs> exercise makes me tired and then I'm less nervous for like half the <laughs> but do you do you use that kind of system of like okay well they can't you know hate on me because I've worked really hard and I, and I put myself down. So there's no way that they can put me down any further. Oh, than no. I put yeah. myself down. Do you use that kind of as like a safety net towards your own brain, putting you down? Does it? I we would think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely do. I mean, one thing that just dawned on me about this as we're talking is if I already know my faults, you can't hurt me with that. Like I already uh. know, you know, mm-hmm. so it's not as, painful if somebody's like you know you were lazy today well yeah bitch I know I was lazy today like I don't I was lazy on purpose though (laughs) and I guess for a long time I thought it was something to do with control but I don't think it is I think it's like a like you said like a safety net like it it hurts less if I already am aware Mm -hmm. very interesting will surprise you I I wonder if it's a way that sixes like Nancy's saying like let's say something good is happening it's like I'm gonna find a way to sabotage what's happening so that I don't have to step further. Like, and I see this happen all the time where they're on the edge of something great happens and they find a way to just like, let me fuck this up real quick. Oh, I do that to like, I'm a professional at it. How can I not do that? It's a great question. Nancy, I would actually I'm looking like, at you. No, because that's something I do. I am very sick. So don't look at me. Mm-mm. Wait, what's the question? How the question, do you not what? She, the question, I, I said that, uh, sixes will find themselves on the edge of greatness like something great yeah. is gonna happen and they will self-sabotage i mean we've talked about how um yeah fuck things up for themselves a lot of the time and, and marina is saying like how the fuck do i stop myself from doing that yeah i would love to know anti you know anti-narcissism thing it feels like sixes will not let themselves be great <laughs> no you're yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, that's a really good question. And part of it is, uh, you know, like, in, like, it's, it's not a quick fix, obviously. It's like, first, I mean, being able to take in new impressions. So and what I mean by that is that types on the triangle nine, three and six have particular difficulty uh, with what I would call like taking in new impressions. Because uh, there's a dynamic between the heart, body, and mind, you know, and every type has its own dynamic, but particularly in those triangle types, one center is split from the operation of the two. So in the case of the six, the, the mental center splits off from the body and emotional center. So uh, how that results often is that the six is thinking, 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 and they're doing, 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 doing. But often the thinking is out of sync with the doing. And when I, with, for example, like you might be at a job that you really hate and you hate your boss and hate your coworkers and you're criticizing them and they're doing everything wrong. At the same time, outwardly, you're performing your actions and duties as necessary and doing them really well. So no yeah. one would intuit that you're having all these complaints inside until something boils over. 
And uh, could that be why sometimes, it doesn't happen to me all the time, but there are periods in my life where I feel really ungrounded. Yeah, absolutely. Super out of control. It's Because it's like the head is operating independent of the other centers. And I can have like plenty of money and like my fridge can be full and I can be really fit, but still feel super out of control. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and so, you know, for all types on the triangle, they have to work to be able to take in impressions from all three centers. I mean, this is true for everybody, but particularly with triangle types, it's learning to connect the dominant centers from the case of six, the head, in the case of uh, nine, the body, in case of uh, three, the heart, connect them to the other two centers. And so, you know, for a six, it's like, like, I don't know, whatever, whatever there might be insecurity about, or, or there's, there's a potential for greatness in, it's like, you can, you know, if, if we do something that's like, that we're really good at, we're not doing it for the first time, generally speaking. And so you can notice when you do something really well, and you can own it. And what'll happen, though, is that the mind can recognize that, that then the body and heart are sort of still not on the same page. Yeah. And so there has to be a process of consciously working. And what I mean by that is, is you could engage in some kind of meditation or breath work, but some kind of intentional time and space given to getting the body and heart and mind on the same page. And knowing and being able to recognize and own when you do something well or do something uh, or have the capacity to do something well. But also, um, this is kind of complicated, but it gets into uh, the anti-narcissism thing we've been talking about, where all the like, oh, I'm not a big deal kind of talk that sixes give themselves is actually a kind of narcissism. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and so, you know, part of what we do when we're learning the Enneagram, part of the, the point of it is to learn to see our personality and not take our personality personally. Right. Because it's like we, we're not our personality. And that's not just a cliche. It's like the personality is like a body type. It's like we have a body, but we're not just our bodies. And same thing with our personality. It's a psychological structure and it has certain mm-hmm. gifts and certain liabilities. And part of what that means is that we have certain gifts, whether we recognize them or not. And part of the sixth thing is a certain kind of narcissism gets in the way when they see that there's some really great things about their personality, who they are, whatever. And then the, the sixth brain wants to get in there and go, uh, but what about, or uh, not so good, or like, or maybe I'm going to doubt what, you know, doubt what I know or doubt myself in this moment and just sort of subvert all the effort I've done. And part of what that is, is that the personality seeks always to keep a certain equilibrium. And it's different for every type, but nine really represents that equilibrium, but it keeps us normal. And, and, and I mean, normal in quotation marks. So like we all have our baseline sense of what's psychologically normal. And sixes get really attached to a normal where they succeed a little bit and they work really hard, but it's, it's kind of like they don't make it past the finish line in some way or they don't make it past the finish line first. And it is self-protective. It is a way to shield themselves against the attack of their inner critic. And sixes and ones and twos are super ego types that have a really strong internalized sense of right and wrong, what they should and shouldn't do. And that it's very punishing towards them. It's like an inner voice, a critic. And sometimes a lot of the sixes inner world can be lived out as a defense against that inner critic. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. yeah, that's a really good point. One of the ways that narcissism weirdly shows up with sixes is that with the fear that I am going to be the special target of the bad thing that's mm. going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's big. That that's a certain kind of narcissism in a weird way, <laughs> right? True. It's I'm going to be the one selected for the lightning bolt that's going to hit. You know that I had a experience a couple of years ago with uh, I, I discovered a sexual six artist. You guys can look him up. He's it's his name is Serpent with Feet. It's one word. And I was just blown away because this guy's display. He's a musician. He's a singer. Uh, is just so wild. He has like a, a mix of. It's just really strangely bizarre and really ballsy his his display and so i was just like thinking this guy is super creative his sound is nothing like i've never heard before and he was coming to chicago so i I wanted to go check him out and um i ended up just being really disappointed not necessarily well because i just saw so much potential in his in his whole artistry and he sort of got on stage and um did his songs but then he started reading reading from books and was telling the crowd of, of these are my artistic influences and these are the people that I look up to but he spent a huge chunk of the show reading from undermining himself undermining his own like artistic genius um, genius like I was like I know that you're pulling from these people and I don't even know who these people are but you yourself like you are you know the thing you are the reason that I'm here I don't give a fuck about these four people that you're inspired by and so, I, and I ended up watching some interviews and this was a reoccurring thing that it was almost felt like mm-hmm. a, a protective thing. People were interested in him. Serpent with feet, you've created this whole, um, you've created this really interesting character and you've got this really crazy look and people are interested in you, but you're subverting the whole thing by telling people that, you know, these four other, you know, my elders that I look up to and I wouldn't be here bef- if it wasn't for them. And I'm like, dude, it's you. I, I'm here for you. And I'm not here for them. Wear the crown. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if um if that's something you guys relate to in any sort of way that like you need you know in a way to sort of avoid criticism or the anti-narcissism is to like look for some kind of precedent of I'm doing this because of this thing that's come before or I'm doing this because you know this this thing's already established so you can't or like criticize. giving at least like excessive credit to my influences as if it's not mine like it's yeah. hard for me to own my thing as cool, you know, as being the cool thing. Yeah. You know, I, I got to jump in here real quick, but David and I have done a few calls. And one thing that really helped me is when he had told me that a lot of times as a six, that you're giving away the special things about you to someone else. And it relates to, um, looking for that quote unquote father figure to say that is okay within you. Mm. I really feel that heavy. Like, it's hard for me to say, yeah, I am good at this. I have to say I'm good at this because somebody else found Mm -hmm. that. I mean, there's a constant drive within myself to find that person in this world. that's going to recognize those things about me and give me permission to be that. Wow. I see you and you, you got permission now. Oh my, my life has changed. (laughs) Beth is a star now. Yes. For the crown. Yeah, the crown is yours, Queen. <laughs> yeah. It's John giving you his gift. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the four is that's what we're here for. Is <laughs> to, to bestow hey, you got it. it. Now I'm gonna go away. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just really is a real thing there. And I did um a breathwork session with Alaria, and that was the first time in my life. And it did take her being present to allow that for me, but that was the first time in my life that I'd ever felt some sense of control not control maybe presence within my own body and in my own world without anybody else giving needing, me that permission needing you to know? bless it yeah your yeah, own authority yeah 
your own authority. Yeah, that's good. And and I also think that a lot of sixes, like we guys talked about, can really seem bold and really seem like authoritative, but then there's this sort of collapse, you know, like it's not, uh, I see a lot of, like the sixes that have more assertive fixes can really get out there with strong opinions or have a really big display, like that serpent with feet guy, like I was looking at his display and I was thinking, this is so fucking wild. I bet this guy is like the most, you know, he's so fucking creative and this and that. Um, it's so bold, but at the same time, completely undermining it and saying, you know, like this is coming from this and this place. I, I just, it's not about me. It's about, you know, where I got it from and I have to get permission or I have to prop myself up with something else to give myself permission to, you know, to be great. You know, I feel like that's something that's very specific to six and for a lot of people who are stuck between six and four, that there is definitely some narcissism with the image types in, in like taking the, tr- uh, the crown, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Fours already know they're special and they're just trying to figure out how to like actually embody it. Whereas like sixes don't want to own that they're special. You know, it's like an opposite thing in a certain way. The cockiness that fours have sometimes it's like, yeah. It's uh yeah, it's not sixes. It's not six. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> not six, six at all. <laughs> but like sixes don't mind. We're not that, so like set like I, that. Other people are doing it. I surround myself by fours, and I'm like, whoa! I want to be right, more like a four. You can't do it, but you're but not. I can't do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Poor Marina. It's like uh, you know, before all this COVID shit, like almost every week it'd be like me, her boyfriend, who's like my best friend, and then Marina. And so she's around these two fours, and just we're are ironic and bitching, and <laughs> but it's like really comfortable for me because I, you know, I'm like they're like oh like doing their thing, their four things, and like they're just like so shiny and bright, and then every once in a while I'll be like, look at me, guys, like I can do a you know back flip like look. <laughs> then that's it look what i can do yeah exactly um but he was really it's really comfortable for me um that both john and brant take center stage because i always feel like i have to like assert myself and when i'm with my closer people i i can rest a little um and the friendships and relationships that i've had that i've had longevity usually they do take the forefront of the stage and i like that yeah, my two closest friends are sixes, and I, I've had a, a reoccurring pattern of getting really close with sixes, or, I mean, they get really close to me, and I'm just like, all right. And <laughs> so it's... Definitely. Oh, no, I don't think that John and Brent asked for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I've, I've just never... Been... Can't get rid of her. <laughs> and, and at some point, I realized it was kind of like, I'm, uh, I don't necessarily see myself as a super confident guy, but I have, um, my personality is self-assured whether or not i feel that way or not and i think sixes can really attach to that it's like you know i i'm someone who seems sure about what they're doing and um and sixes don't and so it's a good match in that sense that was one of the things that uh, i thought was really valuable on the eight call where we were getting at how like the what what leads the appearance of confidence in eights whether they feel it or not is just that like that action orientation and the eight personality and yeah. And how that, like, I don't know. Anyway, I thought that was uh, like such a great humanizing moment for the eights. Automatic mobilization looks like confidence. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I might not feel confident about something, but if it's about doing, I can just do it. The impulse <laughs> coming from the body herself <laughs> is like, whereas six, like, like we, you know, we got the eight, four and six on this call, which are the three reactive types. Yeah. And so it's interesting. 
where you know we have a similar vibe or something going on, but it's coming from different centers. And from the eight, it's this immediate action, excuse me, orientation. Whereas the six in the head, it gets it gets caught in the head. Or they'll just jump into it before they have a chance to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fuck it up. With yeah, their, something's so. presented without me having time to think about it. I'm in. <laughs> if I got to think about it, not happening. Oh, but yeah, the narcissism, the narcissism thing is pretty important, at least based on what I've seen from you know, the fours that I do know and the sixes that even the social blind sixes. Um, it's not as apparent with social blind sixes because it's not that sort of social hierarchy piece, but there is a sense of. I'm going to undercut myself, undercut my own <clears throat> sexual display or undercut, you know, like try to prop myself up with some other precedent because I can't be cool and great on my own. Whereas fours, um, as, as much as spores can be self-conscious, they can really, they can really step into that star role and, and you know, like I'm special. I mean, one of the, one of the distinctions uh, like force can self-sabotage, but yeah, as you're saying, they, they can, they, they don't feel uncomfortable stepping into some kind of attention getting role, but you know, force self-sabotage, uh, will stem from self-hatred. Whereas the, the sixes thing will stem from that super ego calculation. Yeah. I don't want to be criticized and I, I can't, if I'm great on my own, that I could be pulled down and criticized by somebody. Okay, a six that thinks there are four does a lot of, in my experience, kind of granular, uh, it's a lot of lists of mm -hmm. things that are four-like qualities, and it doesn't have that sort of, what for me, abstractly, feels from the heart, uh, emotional center, Yes, it has a liquid quality to it, right? Right, right. Um, and a certain, well, just somebody who's a four is just, just inadvertently being a four right and and as opposed to bullet points so to speak right. not literally right but it's it's got that it's, well, it's like choppy. argumentative right like it's argumentative like trying That's, to make a case versus there yeah just being right and i, I see to, a lot of sixes poking um i mean it's of course a general six thing but you know this is full of shit like poking holes in the description this doesn't match up with this other thing and so it's, it's this way of uh trying to prove it and that's a very head center kind of a thing is there's a lot of poking holes whereas yes. whereas like yeah four won't like i mean like fours can pick holes for sure but it's yeah it's like uh i don't need to prove it to you yes that's, that's it. it it's sixes like, needs uh, need others to agree whereas yeah. like uh, yeah like part of the four thing is like i know it and i'm gonna leave you know like <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna take my knowing with me so yeah it's like is. Yeah. Like, because I, I mean, I get into political debates all the time. And what I like, what I find really funny is how I'm so confident in my opinion yeah. that other people get pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Because, That's one of my the favorite things I love about like people getting mad at John. It's just like people are so <laughs> mad that how dare you have confidence in what you're saying? <laughs> like, because I, I, usually, I know my shit so I can like back it up, but I don't back it up as a way to like prove it like in a court case to convince right. them. I'm just like, right. this is what it is. And if you right. don't see it that way, you're an idiot. And, and then <laughs> they get so mad and it's oh. so funny. But it's like, uh, yeah, it's that fourth thing of like, no, it's, I, it's me. You know, like I'm in my, <laughs> my little like insular self-absorption or whatever and like <laughs> fuck you and you know i can peace out at any time right now that's a really good distinction well 
thank you, Marina and Beth, for yeah, being thank here. You well, thank you, Beth. It was like us. nice to like see that it's not just me, right? Yeah. It's not just you. It, it wasn't just you that fucked it up. Yeah. No. There was another exactly. one. No, Beth fucked up, up well. too. It was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is really great because sexual six is a really misunderstood type. Yes. And people have a very hard time holding a mental image of how the sexual instinct and the sex can come together. And so I think you guys did a really great job and I appreciate you guys being so open and honest and, and willing to, you know, lay some of your insecurities and your strengths and all those kinds of things on the line. Yeah. This has been great. Yeah. Beth, go get him, tiger. Right. I'm ready. (laughs) Thanks guys. Marina, you're supposed to say that to yourself. Oh, In well, maybe mirror. I'll learn. I'll learn. No, that's why I date a four, is so I can overhear him saying it to himself, and I'll be like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to go. All right, guys. Bye. Bye, Bye y'all. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. <laughs>